Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Podcast. And today, my special guest is Jared Hope. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm pretty unbelievable today. That's today. fantastic. So Jared is a, a fellow Thompson Okanagan yeah. person <laughs> based in Kelowna. I'm based in Kamloops. But Jared's very, very interesting. His portfolio, his focus area is in Alberta, specifically around Edmonton. And Jared is definitely the real deal when it comes to a, an active professional real estate investor or real estate entrepreneur. I believe you've done over 360 transactions. Is that right, Jared? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, we have a, we I bought and sold over three about three sixty three seventy, and then we hold one hundred and fifty plus. One hundred and fifty plus, and you got started in two thousand and three with his wife Krista. Yeah, and was a big big part of the real estate investment network for many years. He was uh, speaking on stage. He was their biggest speaker for seven years with Don Campbell. So he's trained thousands and thousands of people across Canada about real estate investing. So you're in for a real treat here today. So, Jared, thank you very much, and welcome to the call. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. So, Jared, why don't you walk us through, you know, way back when, pre-2003, what was it that sparked you to get into real estate investing in the first place? You know, honestly, I get asked this all the time, and the truth is, it's my wife. I had no interest in real estate. And it, Krista, we went to an event put on by the Real Estate Investment Network back in 2003, October. And it was a Friday, Saturday, you know, Sunday event. And it was good. You know, whatever. I, to be honest, I went there thinking it was some kind of cult or some kind of movement or some kind of, you know, some kind of fish get rich. You got, you got drug along by your wife to this thing. Right? Yeah, I went to the seminar, right? And we were young. You know, I'm 40 years old, 41 years old. And that's, you know, that's a long time ago, right? And, and so I went away for lunch. And Krista stayed to listen to Dawn's pitch from stage. And I came back from lunch. And she has this bag. And. It says the real estate investment network on it. And I'm like, oh man, like, it was 200 bucks a month. We didn't have the 200 bucks, right? And it's not like we like, we had a ton of money to start. And so she signed us up for the 17 month commitment, which is actually 300 for the both of us. And I was right pissed off. And like, I was right pissed off. So I went to these meetings for the first six months, arms crossed, hat, you know, sit in the back of the room, hat down, just kind of, you know, Lululemon sweats. And I was a trainer at the time. And after six months, I started you know, I started learning and understanding and I'm just a real doer. So I went and bought my first property and that year we bought three, which is great. Nice. And in the second year we bought eight. And then in our third year we bought 64. Wow. And we just really exploded in our third year, which at the time I thought was super cool. Looking back on it, it was super bad because we almost went bankrupt in 2010 because of all the mistakes that we made in year three. Okay. So it's a learning, lots of life experience with real estate. What strategy do you focus on primarily these days? I mean, there's a different million different ways to do real estate. What do you guys focus on primarily? Yeah, like, well, I have lots of, I have a hundred plus buy and holds. So my strategy has always been buy and hold. And I feel that's the longest, you know, that's the best bang for your buck. You know, that's how you become a millionaire in 15, 20 years. Right. And I look back at the properties that I bought in 2003, four, five, you know, by 2005 on paper as a multimillionaire. And I look at those properties that I have now, 15, 18 years later, like they're, they're almost clear title now. And, you know, so that's the, the biggest bang for the buck, I think. In 2012, we started, 2011, sorry, we started flipping houses. And so now it's been six, seven years of flipping houses. I've flipped close to 100 houses. Last year, we did 18 houses alone. So now what we do is we take 
all of the change that we made in 2010 was to buy down debt. So we want to buy down debt, buy down of the holding properties. Right. Well, every time we flip a property, we take 50% of the profit and we take it to pay down properties now. Because in 2009, 10, when we had that global recession and I was losing 18, 19 grand a month and I couldn't pay my grocery bills and I couldn't, if I had a Porsche 911 outside and I couldn't afford groceries, you know, that was a real humbling experience. Wow, that would be. So, yeah, when we came out of that, we just decided, you know what, we got to start buying down debt. And so we increased all of our payments back, you know, in 2010, we started increasing our payments, couldn't afford it, increased our payments to buy down our debt because I was always taught in real estate, you know, buy the property, keep your payments low, increase your cash right. flow. And, yeah. But no one ever told me what to do with that money. Right. No so one ever said. Porsche 911s with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and bought a Porsche 911. I bought a trailer. I had quads. I had boats. I had all this stuff. And my only saving grace was I paid cash for it all. Mm -hmm. So come 2010, I have this $120,000 911 C4 Cabriolet convertible. And I can't afford a $178 grocery bill. And that's a true story. I, I couldn't do it to the point I have to call my dad to pay that bill. Wow. And as I was standing in line at Safeway. So that was my saving grace because one, it was a humbling experience. It told me I had to get my head out of my ass and fix this or else I'm going to go bankrupt. Although I was a multimillionaire on paper, I was living literally check to check. So I sold my car, sold my trailer, sold everything. And then we changed our strategy to buy down debt as fast as we possibly could. At the time, it was really hard because... You know, like I say, no one told me what to do with that cash flow. Everyone just said, well, live off the cash flow. Retire in five years. Like, that's such the biggest bullshit story I've ever heard. You can retire in five years off your real estate. You can't. Because if you don't plan for a downturn economy and the market drops and you haven't planned for it, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know? Wow. Very, very wise words from experience. That's the thing. We tend to remember those lessons, don't we? Those, those <laughs> are the ones that stick, right? Listen, man, that was, man, those are tough lessons. And, but I'm very grateful I went through them because when we do our coaching programs now or we do our events now, it's like those are our messages. It's cash flow is great and the theory about it and the, this magical feeling that's, that we get from it. Thing, right? Yeah, it's great, but what do you do with it? And no one ever teaches people what to do with it. And everyone just thinks that they're going to go replace your income and they're going to, you know, the truth is you retire off your real estate, you don't live off it. That's the truth. And that is something that needs to be taught on a regular basis. So what I'm hearing here is that you've got this portfolio of properties. Are they typically single family homes, condos? What makes oh, I have everything. I have a single family, fourplexes, apartment buildings. I have one condo. I don't, I don't specialize in condos at all. I personally don't like condos. I tend to stay away from them. But suited family homes are the thing to buy. You get two for the price of one. You get two units. So if one's vacant, you know, one's rented, I'm usually break even. If they're both rented, I'm strong cash flow. And then now we're buying nothing but new, you know, so we don't buy anything 10 to 12, 15 years old anymore, which is what I started out buying, where now it's, it's not newly renovated or new. We don't touch it. And to be honest, I stay away from the new stuff because it's just, it's too small and it's boxy. Hmm. Um, and the basement suites are pretty small. Typically they're one bedroom basement suites, which are really hard to rent out in Alberta. Right. Um, so we tend to go to the 1950, 1960 fully renovated product because now all your, it has wild factor, which is very big to me and all your long-term repairs, furnace, roof, window, stuff like that, plumbing, electrical are already done that nobody plans on. Nobody plans to replace a furnace. And when it shows up and you're making a hundred dollars a month cash flow, and it shows up four years later, there goes seven grand. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Okay. So very smart. So you're not buying brand new. You're buying newly renovated. Somebody else has done all the work. You're buying it ready to go right. and you don't have the headaches. You're, you're good to go for, 
10 years probably before you have to start worrying about stuff. Well, my, the way I do it, I, I figure I'm, I'm good for about 15 to 20 years before anything major happens. Roofs typically last 30 years. You know, furnaces are 25, 30 years. Nowadays, they last longer. Water tanks are 12-ish, 10 to 12, 15 years, depending on what kind of they use. So the water tank's going to be the first to go. So as a, other than tenant wear and tear, normal damage is done by tenants, mm-hmm. I'm good. But I can factor that into the math, you know, mm-hmm. so... I don't have to factor in the repairs and maintenance, long-term repairs, maintenance. And here's the key that most investors make. Here's what you want to talk about giving tips, little nuggets to your audience. Well, here's a nugget. The number one people, one number one mistake people make in investing in real estate is to keep the property too long. So they buy a property and they think it's their own personal house. They have to get to keep this thing for 25 years and they're going to pay it down. They're going to do 25, 30 grand. That's the biggest mistake I've seen people make. When the truth is, I'm not saying don't keep it for 25 years. I'm just saying have a plan at number eight year at year number eight to reevaluate the property because after year number eight, you should have 80 to a hundred thousand dollars of mortgage buy down, which you could take your money out, mm-hmm. take the buy down out, no appreciation. And now you can take that money and go buy two properties. You right. can actually double your portfolio in year number eight. Also, if you sell the property in year number eight, it still has wow factor. The roof is new. The furnace is new. The all those big expenses are still there's still life in them, which means the next buyer ain't going to, they're not going to hammer you on purchase price. So it still has a lot of value to the next purchaser. So year number eight is when every single house needs to be re- reevaluated. That's, you know, that's fine. That's very, very good advice. You're the first guy I've heard give that advice specifically. So yeah, everybody else, you know, especially buy and hold, it's never get rid of it. Uh, totally, you know, but in year number eight, you can sit there and say, yeah, this, okay, this house is still cash flowing. The area is really good. My, uh, my tenants have been there for five, six years, whatever it is. You know, market's gone up. I'm going to keep it another eight years. Great. Keep it another eight years. But if you keep it another eight years, now you have to change your math a little bit mm-hmm. because now you have to start factoring in some long-term repairs and maintenance that are going to start showing up. Right. The second mistake investors, I see investors make over the years of talking to thousands of these uh, of investors is they don't do their math right. So they don't factor in these long-term expenses. So all of a sudden when they show up, they're just used to cutting checks. So they don't actually factor that into the cash flow of the property. They just cut a check. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I'll just cut a check. I'll just cut a check. But it actually makes the house like a massively negative cash flowing house. Yeah. No, no, no. That makes sense. Okay. Well, sounds like you've got a good amount of experience under your belt. You've gone through some some serious hard times with your business. You've come out the other side. You're much stronger for it. You you know, and, and part of Rain, you've helped and talked with thousands of people. Now you're you're doing your own thing. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how you're helping people with your coaching and whatnot. So what is because there's lots of different real estate coaches out there, and you're aware of that. What do you think that makes what you do a little bit different than <laughs> the norm is. That's an easy one. This is going to make a lot of sense, right? Yeah, that's an easy one. I do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I see so many people that are coaches and it's funny, this is a smart, small business. You know, so when you see a, someone advertising on social media and they're a coach and they're doing this, a lot of times I know their backstory. And, you know, you got to understand, like, we all have hidden agendas, okay? We all have an agenda. We all want to make money. We all want to serve a purpose for us. So you got to be careful with finding coaches because everyone's a coach. And that's a, such a, you know, that, that word's actually getting so drawn out that it actually has no purpose or value or meaning to it. The big difference with me, and this, maybe this is my, my only sales pitch I had is I'm physically playing the game. Like, you know, 
I'm, I'm not one of these guys on stage who's talking about doing it a certain way and they haven't bought a property in 15 years. Mm -hmm. Because how you bought a property in 15 years ago and how you buy it today are totally different. Right. And how you do math today from 15 years ago is totally different. Types of properties that are working 15 years ago today are totally different. So if you're following people that have done it 15 years ago, you know, it's tough, right? So the biggest thing with me is I'm physically doing it. So all of our students, I take 12 students at a time, and this is a plug for me just so we're clear. We take 12 students at a time on an eight-month journey. And we condense everything that I've learned in, in my 18, 19 years into eight months. And when they go buy a property, I'm there with them. They use my team. They use my agents. They use my mortgage broker. They use my lawyers, accountants, inspectors. I have the team that they don't have to go recreate. And obviously, if they invest in Edmonton, it's a lot easier because my team is in Edmonton. But they don't have to. I got, I got a Cabo San Lucas. I got two from Vancouver. I got one from Toronto. I got seven from, from Edmonton. So my coaching is more of a let's go do it versus here's how you do it. Yeah. No, that's here's the theory. Here's the practical. I'm the plumber in the trenches every single day. So I'm going to go teach how to be a plumber. One of my pet peeves about coaches these days, now that we're on that tangent is, <laughs> yeah. well, you, you get the big companies that roll through town and they, they sell you into a $40,000 coaching program, but yeah. it's not the guy that's coaching. It's some totally. employee they've got that they're paying 15, 20 bucks an hour who may or may not have ever done a real estate transaction. Chances are if they're working for 15 or 20 bucks an hour, they're not actively doing it or they wouldn't be doing that job, right? So, you know, all honest on this rant is I agree with you a thousand percent and it's actually pretty easy to market against that, you know, because, and no offense to anybody who runs these groups or these programs, you know, they have their business model and they have their approach on doing things. So they take their members and make them coaches and then they go off and sell these coaching programs or whatever they're doing, or they sell a $40,000 coaching program. The reality is this, it's like I, years ago, I sat down with a financial planner years ago and this, and I'm a multimillionaire at this point on paper. Okay. Yeah. And so I sit down with a financial planner and he's like, yeah, uh, we're going to make you this, 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 we're going to have this and in 20 years you're going to have that. And I'm like, that's awesome. Show me your portfolio. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, I'm at work on doing it. Well, if you haven't done it yourself, you can't teach me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to the statement I made a few minutes ago is buying real estate 15 years ago and buying it today are different. And you can go take lessons from someone 15 years ago and not have the same success and the same results as they did versus following someone who's actively playing the game today. If you're picking a coach, make sure they, they've gone through at least two downturns. Make sure they have well over 50, 60 properties. Make sure they have tight systems and a staff. And make sure you're dealing with that person versus their team. Exactly. Well, that, that would be my, be my we just got a couple of minutes here, Jared, yeah. before we wrap up. So, you know, you've been coaching a lot of people. What is one, somebody's listening to this, what is one thing that they could actually go out and do that you would suggest would actually make a, an impact on their portfolio or them getting started, you know, besides hiring a good coach, what, what's an action that they could do? Yeah. Well, first of all, don't talk to anybody about it. You know, don't talk to your parents or your you know, friends and family, because a lot of them are going to, you know, poo poo on you, right? For having this dream of getting into real estate. And then they'll fill you up with all these horror stories. Yeah. The horror stories do exist because poor systems were implemented. That's the only reason why there's horror stories. And, you know, so the number one thing I would do is go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I would go, that was the number one book that I read. Don Campbell has a great book, Real Estate Investing in Canada, another excellent book. I would start with that. I would be careful with big groups 
And because once again, if you go, there's a lot of theory being taught in them and there's lots of them. I'd also be careful with groups coming into your city from other places because they don't necessarily understand the demographics of the area. The most important thing I would do is I would go find someone to follow mm. and, you know, and pay them to do it. Like the mistake people make is they want something for nothing. And if, you, if you're getting something for nothing, you're only getting a little taste of it, which means there's lots not being said, which opens up the door for a mistake that can cost you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Makes sense. All right, Jared. So if people are interested in finding out more about you, do you have a website? Do you have like a special report or a book or something? Yeah, no, I have a, you can follow me on YouTube, Jared Hope. You can follow me on Facebook. Uh, my company is called Tilt Property Group. I'm on Instagram, at, which is the Jared Hope. I don't do a lot of stuff on Instagram. Facebook is a big thing for me. You know, the best thing to do is just follow us on Facebook because we put all our events on there and we put all of our, you know, topics on there, deals on there. Everything's up there. So Facebook's probably the biggest thing. Tilt Property Group. And our website, www.tiltgroup.ca. Awesome. Jared, this has been great. Thank you very much for the tips. Again, you know, that whole really reevaluate the property after eight years, that's a, a golden nugget right there, my friend. That's a writer downer, that's for sure. Really enjoyed today's conversation with you and hopefully we can have you back sometime in the future. Yeah, anytime, man. It goes fast, man. Anytime, I know. Time flies, so anytime you need me, let me know. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits Podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.